Welcome to the Nerd Review. This is the show where we talk about movies, TV shows, video games, books, and comic books. Today you're listening to episode 14 and we're talking about the amazing movie, one of my favorite childhood movies, my nerd favorite, Small Soldiers from 1998. This movie is quintessential 90s. If you were a child of the 90s, if you're growing up at this time, you remember Small Soldiers. This movie had great advertisement. There was a great action figure merchandise, which, I mean, it was obvious they had to do that. The movie is about action figures coming to life. If you're uninitiated to Small Soldiers, you need to turn off this podcast. You need to watch Small Soldiers come back and sit down. And of course, that's a joke. Don't turn off the podcast. Watch it afterwards or watch it in advance. Uh, uh, you know, it's all life's all about scheduling. So let's jump into Small Soldiers. The movie is directed by Joe Dante, who is one of my favorite directors. He's directed Gremlins 1 and 2 prior to directing Small Soldiers and would go on to direct Looney Tunes Back in Action starring uh, Brendan Fraser early in the 2000s. And that's one of my favorite movies. One of my favorite concepts in uh, film is uh, taking the characters from animation and establishing an establishing them as real world characters they did this recently uh in the disney plus uh chip and dale uh reboot the rescue rangers reboot where the these animated characters are actually real existing uh people if you will and they work for these production companies instead of being just the creation of these companies i really enjoy that concept and it's uh it's nice to see that, you know, that this director has filmed uh, multiple of my favorite movies uh, my childhood favorite movies and to this day some of my favorite movies i really love looney tunes back in action and you know to get back on track already we're, we're taking a little bit of a tangent uh small soldiers so uh, small soldiers has not just an amazing director at the helm but an amazing cast through and through so it's starring gregory smith who would uh, go on to star in rookie blue again another one of my favorites it's, uh, it's nice to see all these characters have gone on you know and starred in so many uh, different not so sorry not characters the actors <laughs> the, the the character that he plays in the movie alan i don't he didn't have a sequel so he doesn't go on anywhere else but uh gregory smith is a great actor canadian actor there's there's multiple canadian actors in this movie actually uh gregory smith uh yeah he would go on to be in rookie blue which was a great series uh that aired i think five or six seasons on global and so that was that was yeah great series great actor uh he's the lead he plays alan abernathy and opposite him is the very young Kristen Dunst, who is just coming off of Interview with a Vampire and would obviously go on to have an amazing role in Spider-Man. On the voice side, uh, leading cast is Tommy Lee Jones as the voice of Chip Hazard. And there's just so many great actors. Dennis Leary has a few scenes. He plays the CEO of Global Tech, the company that has acquired the toy company. And we'll get into that in the synopsis. Uh, Kevin Dunn, one of my favorite actors from the Transformers series uh he funnily enough he's basically playing the exact same character he's playing the same role so in uh small soldiers he's playing the dad mr abernathy and it's funny because the character that he embodies is quintessentially the same character from uh transformers he even goes so far to have some of the same lines which i find hysterical towards the end of small soldiers uh some of his lines match up with his lines from the second transformer movie uh when they're in the you know the battle scene and you know it's that moment of like he has to trust his son and in small soldiers that's with gregory smith and you know they're in the kitchen during this battle scene and i'll get to that but this is just you know you have to mention it uh it's so funny that you know he grabs his son and he's like you're my son i can't let you go into danger i have to protect you and that's the exact same lines he has with shia labeouf in transformers 2 during the the climactic scene in the desert when they've kidnapped the parents and you know he's like dad you have to let me go you have to let me go he's like you're my son i gotta protect you it's just it's it's very the the symmetry there is hilarious i i i was watching small soldiers and i was like what the that those are the not only is it the same character the same actor playing like this role which are arguably very similar instead of 
big cars coming to life. You have these action figures coming to life. So the parallels there are, are, uh, are very funny. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't. That was lost on me in that sense. Um, so I, I know after you know, I can't, you know, after Kevin Dunn, there's uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and Christina Ricci. They're doing the voices of the Gwendy dolls, which is probably one of the most intense parts of what is what it was basically a kids movie and part of this PG thirteen um, rating element, which is this was part of the original idea for Small Soldiers, and we'll, we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, another Canadian uh, actor in this movie was Phil Hartford, uh, Phil Hartford, Phil Hartman from Brantford, Ontario. Uh, he was on, uh, you know, he's very popular from SNL. He was on it for eight seasons from 1986 to 1994. He was in uh, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and this was unfortunately his last movie uh, because, as I found out while I was doing my research for Small Soldiers, there was uh, quite the quite the drama that was going on and unfolding. I mean. To put it in perspective in 1998 I was four so to a lot of people who listen to this this might be you know common you know Hollywood information Hollywood uh, news scandals but he was murdered sadly and shockingly uh, in 1998 he was murdered by his wife and uh, that was you know that was the end of his <laughs> that was the end of his career that was the end of his life uh, tragically tended to make light of uh, a tragic situation and unfortunately his wife uh, Bryn Hartman would take her own life that very same night uh, after police were were called to the scene and it's just it was a very tragic uh, you know ending to an amazing comic an amazing you know comedian an amazing actor that was you know getting really good traction and getting really good roles and then to have his uh, to have his life ended in such a tragic way um such a waste of life really and it uh the the rabbit hole didn't end there as i was reading about uh you know all of this uh this crazy stuff that's happening and you know surrounding the the murder of this uh this great this great actor um there was some interesting drama happening you know after uh between some of his uh, snl uh cast members and people from news radio at the time he was on the series news radio and uh it's between uh john lovitz and andy dick actually and uh so john lovitz and andy dick are at a restaurant post the murder of phil hartman and according to uh john lovitz andy dick approaches him and says uh quote i put the hartman hex on you and you're going to be the next to die and so, uh, you know, John Lovitz has him, you know, kicked out, uh, ejected from this restaurant that they're in. And a few years later, uh, at the uh, Comedy Factory, the Just for Laughs event, I believe, they uh, they had another encounter, John Lovitz and Andy Dick, and they exchange words and it gets into a heated argument. And according to uh, what I read, the argument ended when John Lovitz assaulted Andy Dick, grabbed him by the hair and... And took his face and smashed it into a bar. Uh, this was this was shocking. I was I was reading this and like everybody, I've I've recanted this story too, and I've read they they all say it doesn't sound like uh, John Lovitz at all. And and funnily enough, most people say, but Andy Dick is probably the like the person that deserves that the most. And I'm just I always find I was like, wow, barely barely really people don't like uh, Andy Dick. I'm not sure what he ever did. Uh, you know, I haven't really uh, seen many of his movies. I've seen him in a few uh, roles, but I'm not too familiar with his work so it was uh it was, a, it was an amusing anecdote um this uh this random these random altercations between these two actors and 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 interesting to see that people both took the same side that like everyone was was shocked about the john lovett side and that they all agree that andy dick probably deserved it in those circumstances and it's just uh you know it's one of those things where you're reco- you're uh, doing the research for one of these episodes and you know i'm you know i'm doing you know i'm watching the behind the scenes or the documentary i'm reading the trivia and i'm searching the movie and these things start popping up you know i'm reading about the actors phil hartman and then you know it's just the murder of phil hartman and all of a sudden i'm down this rabbit hole of uh, this tragic event 
that surrounds this movie and and impacts the movie they had to adjust their advertising and their their plan for it they removed him from the advertising uh, you know to pay to be respectful to not have him you know this these trailers and photos and all of this uh, you know at such a tragic time um so that's you know that's that can be commended uh that they did you know the right thing to remove him from those you know advertisements it might be you know a little bit you know uh insensitive i think is the right word to use him for a promotion you know after he's you know he's murdered and people are talking about it and you know his family is is mourning i believe he had two children um which is just that's tragic uh you know both of your parents are uh you know one of your parents is murdered and then your other parent takes their life that's just uh that's scarring. So it's it's it was a tragedy. Yeah, it's a tragedy that surrounds what is otherwise a great, a great kids movie. So I digress. Let's get back to the movie and uh, and Small Soldiers. And Small Soldiers would go on to be his last movie. It would be the last movie that he filmed, and uh, he played Phil Fimple. They didn't go too hard outside of the box on creating a name for his character. Phil Hartman played Phil Fimple, which was you know it's funny whatever. Uh, he played the dad to Chris and Dunce's character and they're the next door neighbors of the Abernathy's and he was a great character he was the the kind of annoying neighbor who all has all of his you know his big satellite dish that he wants to put up in his backyard and he's gonna you know he's trying to cut off the branches of uh, the Abernathy's tree at the beginning of the movie when they introduce him uh, you know he's like this tree is blocking the signal from a new satellite dish uh, that was, you know he has this that uh, that voice that uh, Phil Hartman voice if you haven't seen you know uh small soldiers i hope maybe you've seen uh saturday night live or jingle all the way because uh i mean you know everyone loves saturday night live it's not my favorite but i i've enjoyed a few sketches and uh jingle all the way that's one of my favorite christmas movies and you know we're coming up it's the last few days of november now and we're about to enter into christmas so i'm definitely working on a few christmas episodes few christmas themed episodes here uh but i digress let's get back to small soldiers and uh what what that movie entails more so what's the synopsis now the synapse is short and sweet when missile tech is used to enhance toy action figures the toys soon begin to take their battle programming too seriously uh i mean that is very watered down the movie follows a it's called global tech industries it has acquired a toy company and the ceo played by dennis leary he comes in and he's laid off everybody the only people left are these two toy designers uh you know one sorry one toy designer and a marketeer the the marketeer this uh, marketing <laughs> marketeer this marketing expert who uh were responsible for the last successful uh toy launch and dennis leary comes in and he tells them that he wants um toys that actually do what they do in the commercial that's the quote uh and you know he wants batteries that never run out they have a mind of their own and they talk back he's tired of seeing you know uh they that these commercials that they advertise these action figures these dramatization of action figures and then you know kids are always going to be disappointed when they just get you know plastic action figures so he sets this goal to you know this this goal this high bar of he wants them to produce action figures that play back that talk back that was the catch line and so they they go and they they decide they need to upgrade their toy line and so the toy line that they introduce is the commando elites versus the gorgonites the commando elites are your army toting you know gun toting uh, cigar chomping buzz cut uh, you know voiced by tommy lee jones and your gorgonites are the soft spoken uh you know they're looking for their home planet and i you know to my chagrin i always had wished that they had developed a small soldiers animated series i think it would have been awesome or even just a gorgonites series i think it had uh it had a lot of potential just this idea of the commando elite versus the gorgonite and unfortunately we didn't get um a sequel we didn't get a follow-up there was uh it became i became aware of it and it became uh, public knowledge that there was actually a, a project that was being uh, it was called um 
think it was called uh, Toy Toy Battle or something was the the code name. And when uh, Disney acquired Fox, it was one of the 200 projects that uh, Disney ended up uh, canceling finally. And when they canceled it, and some of the information leaked, it was it was uh, it was finally released that that was this Toy Battle secret project or whatever there was they were working on was intended to be a uh, sequel to Small Soldiers that would have come out uh, probably sometime now around 2022 and unfortunately that uh, that won't be happening maybe maybe the script is still floating around there in Hollywood and if anybody's you know if anybody up there in Hollywood that high up has found my uh, my podcast maybe they're listening and you know uh, hey Di- you know hey Disney make uh, Small Soldiers 2 or develop it into an animated series and if, if this happens please mark down the time and date that I I mentioned this this is you know it's November of 2022 and I I predicted it there I always say the Simpsons predicted it but maybe I'll predict something and uh, we'll get the the small soldiers ball rolling again uh, if we talk about it loudly enough but I mean it you know back to the the story so these guys have been you know tasked with this you know impossible task of uh, you know quote-unquote impossible task of creating these action figures so they're giving they're being given this tour right this tour of the new global tech industries and uh, they're told that anything that they need global tech will provide they have access to this mainframe they can take from any of the departments of from any of the assets of global tech and you know use what you need to finish this project and so the the inventors so the the creator of the gargonites and the the actual action figure line is the character Irwin. He's played by uh, David Cross and his partner, as I refer to him as the marketeer, the, mar- the, the market expert, uh, Larry, is played by uh, Jay Moore. Uh, two great actors. Uh, I think my favorite uh, David Cross movie is, or his, my favorite performance uh, from him is in Scary Movie 2 uh, when he's, he's, the, uh, he's portraying the character in the wheelchair and he just has some, uh, some pretty crazy scenes uh in that movie that was scary movie too but uh in small soldiers so they're given access to this mainframe and uh, one of the uh one of the shout outs to the the director joe dante and having filmed uh gremlins prior to filming small soldiers in the movie uh larry uses um his friends the the toy designer he uses his password because they're assigned unique username and password so that they can be held accountable or so that everybody knows what they're doing and larry can't remember his password and he remembers that david uh told him that his password was gizmo and that was that was the joke being the name of the the gremlin for you know the original gremlin gizmo uh so that was a joke uh for the director they they wrote that into the movie uh which i find funny you know a little little easter egg a little reference to uh, the the bigger world around them and that also that gremlins exists in the world of small soldiers it's interesting it's not a it's not a parallel universe or an alternate universe so um so uh he is uh so larry uh played by jay moore he's on the global tech industries database and he he has well, he has three key words. He needs um, like military grade, or cu- he, he writes like cutting edge, uh, surplus, and I, I can't remember the third one. And it comes up. There's one result, and he has like five hundred thousand order placed for the X one thousand, and he's essentially ripping out the AI from smart bombs and having it downsized and put into the action figures and thus begins the fun i mean the movie's great it has um a really awesome montage of the assembly line uh where they're putting all the action figures together and you see them put in the the microchip and there's all this nice packaging and it was i mean there was great tie-ins to i mean everybody says it and we know it that you know action figures and tv shows for kids are just you know they're just merchandising lines and advertising really but 
they put in some heart and effort into the movie and it makes the merchandise worth it a little bit more because I mean at the end of the day I wanted action figures and I was gonna ask my mom and my dad and my grandparents and everybody Santa Claus <laughs> um, anybody that was willing to fork over some money for action figures for me that was that was that was it I, I you know I'm uh, so I probably was a bit older. I wasn't four when I saw uh, Small Soldiers. Maybe I was, um, but I, you know, I do remember after, um, you know, sometime after Christmas and around my birthday, I ended up with four or five, you know, com you know, a few of the Commando elites. Definitely the main two. Uh, so the Commando elites are led by Chip Hazard, and the Gorgonite, you know, the good guys were led uh, by Archer, who, you know, he's kind of like this like cat panther type you know rogue he he uh he has a crossbow and he has all this cool you know armor on and so i mean they designed these really cool action figures not just for the movie but for this merchandising line and all that attention to detail it got translated into a really good merchandising line so uh, at the end of the day i was going to have action figures and so it's, it's nice to have something to put the action figures to and sit there in front of the tv with uh you know with the action figures that i had and and then watch them come to life on tv and just have those really good memories and if it was me buying into capitalism or you know being brainwashed to be a materialistic child well at least i have good memories and the action figures were fun to play with that's all i can say about that and there was a great cameo from uh, Robert Picardo from Star Trek alum. Uh, towards the end of the film, he's the creator of these uh, X-1000 processor chips. And he explains that it was one of the most advanced AIs uh, capable of enhancing any programming. And so that, you know, clearly the, the problem wasn't with the X-1000. It was a problem with the programming. And then they realized that, like, they put, you know, a smart bomb AI technology into you know a child's toy and that's what that's what causes all the problems so the the commando elites are programmed to eliminate the gorgonites at all cost and now their x1000 chip is enhancing this programming and causes them to come to life and they start causing destruction and you know it was you know you kind of question like oh well well what kind of damage can an action figure do well they're they're decently sized they're maybe a foot tall and in maybe half a foot wide but they were fully articulated they moved like they were designed to move like people uh you know they have elbows and wrists and fingers and uh so they they scour the the toy store that they wake up in and that's the that's the main plot point that the abernathy you know gregory smith's character alan uh he you know he's helping run his dad's toy store and he thinks that these these action toys these action figures would sell better than the more classical toys toys that his dad sells dad sells a lot of models and puzzles and and uh, i think his motto was motto was nothing violent he didn't want to sell violent toys so alan takes it upon himself to take on some commando elites and gorgonites uh, before they're even supposed to uh, hit store you know hit store shelves so you know thankfully they you know that and, and you know right there that could have been the sequel you know all of this happens technically before the toys are actually sold so the sequel could have been something to that effect but we'll never know. Last, we'll never know. So Alan has the toys, and as soon as he, you know, speaks, um, they have like action phrases, kind of like you know a lot of real action figures, which was very well done. Um, it's part of the behind the scenes the documentary that I, you know, that I watched part of my research, and it's a great little documentary on YouTube. It's about twenty minutes long. Um, the the production company and Stan Winston, the uh, the lead animatronics and special effects um, house. Uh, not house but gentleman and his company um they they worked with hasbro to under better understand how action figures work and they translated that into their designs and so they're very very effective uh action figures and and props that were designed and i'll get into that more in a minute um so alan has these these action figures and as soon as he speaks the command i believe it's halt who goes there and it's supposed to activate the toys and you know uh, archer says i am archer uh, emissary of the gorgonites and chip hazard is uh 
I can't remember his his catchphrase. Oh, it's escaping me. I'll uh, have it in my my pages of notes, but I'll have to pull that up. Uh, I'll get back to that in a moment. Uh, you know, I'll put a post it. I'll put a thumbtack on that one. And so they they say these action phrases, and it brings them to life. So he brings Archer to life, and by bringing Archer to life, and Archer speaking his his catchphrase, and you know, mentioning Gorgonites, this unfortunately activates chip hazard uh who i mentioned voiced by tommy lee jones he does an amazing job they give him a bunch of hilarious tongue-in-cheek uh lines like i love the smell of uh you know polyurethane in the morning or stuff like that and you know he's doing his his address to to his soldiers in front of an american flag but the american flag is a puzzle it's a puzzle of the american flag and it's uh and it's just you know he has the he, he has american music playing in the background but it's coming from like another child's toy that they've turned on and it's just playing like that uh you know that <laughs> that trumpet you know um address the nation music and it was just there's a lot of uh there's a lot of well thought out uh trope not tropes but jokes like uh, stage jokes like that that probably not aimed at the kids watching it if you know it's a kids movie there are definitely jokes that are going over your heads and and concepts that were thought of uh for the movie as a as a whole and for you know it's always nice to you know if you're an adult and you're taking your kids to a movie it's always nice to have something to enjoy something to laugh and be like oh you know i, I get that joke and the kids are just laughing because you know the chip hazard is fun to look at and he's doing all of these real people things you know they're not really getting the uh the in between the lines innuendo joke reference to a more adult movie which is something that i was uh, starting to mention at the top of the episode when joe dante signed on to do the movie and at the early part of production when they started filming uh, the movie was greenlit as a PG-13 movie it wasn't until sponsors signed on that the rating was intended to be brought down to more of a PG rating and this required uh, some of the scenes to be removed notably a lot of explosions towards the end and the climax of the film during the big battle between you know the inevitable battle between the uh, commando elites and the Gorgonites so they cut out a bunch of the explosions and um, Joe Dante still said that uh, even when they had cut a lot of what needed to be cut the movie has elements of both being a PG-13 movie and being a PG movie, and in my opinion, that is not that is no more evident than the Gwendy doll scene. So the Gwendy dolls are are basically the uh, Barbies, the of of the small soldier world. They couldn't obviously they didn't want to say Barbies. They didn't want to have to pay uh, royalties, so they came up with Gwendy dolls, and uh, it's Kristen Dunn's character that is collecting these Gwendy dolls, and she has a whole room full of them. And the Commando Elite come in and they're like it's time to uh, get some recruitments recruitments recruit recruits i'm just gonna go with recruits uh they're they're they they need more uh you know they need more people in their little toy action figure army so they take the brain from one of their fallen comrades who uh you know the gorgonites you know that's there's a few skirmishes throughout the movie and one of the commando elites goes down and they take his head and like this is this is a pretty messed up scene considering what it is he takes off he pops off the the toy's head and he pulls off like the the plastic off of his meadow metal exoskeleton and you know even one of the other commando elites little cartoon little action figure guy he's like oh i think i'm gonna be sick and he pulls off his plastic face and he pops open his head and he pulls out the little processor chip and uh, they use all this other you know setup you know it's, it was very well as well done uh, well created props uh, in this part and they set up this like very Frankenstein-esque uh, room where they're passing electricity through the X-1000 processor chip to bring life to the Gwendy dolls and you know the, the layering of this and the, the 
the way that they the production value that they put into it um this the music in the soundtrack that's playing is actually from the bride of frankenstein uh they did they did such a good job on that and so they bring all these gwendy dolls to life and they're they're freaking grotesque man they some of their faces are melted and they have like sharpened nail files attached to their arms and it's a it's a nightmare scene it could eat hands down that's the most pg-13 element of the movie that made it into the final cut and if you're a kid if you were a kid watching that movie in the 90s like that was gonna be intense that was gonna you're gonna be covering your eyes you're gonna be uh, a little you're gonna be more than a little scared at that scene in my opinion i would uh, i can look back on that and just be like oh yeah that was you go from uh PG-13 and you try to lower the rating and then all of a sudden you're uh, you're scaring the crap out of children at the end of the movie that could be uh, that, that could be some future therapy bills but <laughs> you know it was all in good jest and honestly it's, it's a great part of the movie it leads in to the climax um, you know the, the commando elites uh, have tracked the Gorgonites you know they ended up at Alan's place and he's trying to hide them and he's trying to explain all of this crazy stuff that's going on to his parents you know the action figures are coming to life they think he's on dope they think he's doing drugs and then finally you know the action figures start talking and uh, you know more of them appear and they <laughs> try to take hostages and I mean the movie is is a whole riot of fun and and hilarious uh antics from both sides you know the people they they acted really well with the animatronics and the, the puppets that were created for the movie and it, it's just a great movie all in all in my opinion so uh i mean that was the synopsis basically uh you know the short and sweet of the movie it's the commando elites versus the gorgonites and you know that's just you got your gi joe type action figures versus your your monster type action figures uh you know you got one with a big eye and one called the um, insaniac that just like spins around like a tornado and you got archer and you got the, this big boulder guy that just has like a one rock fist you know your standard you know good guys versus bad guys you know the the gorgonites just want to find you know find a refuge and the army has just been you know tasked with destroying that which we don't know that you know that that old that age old uh, story which some of the critics said you know made it rote made it unoriginal the story but it's a kids movie and i thought it was pretty original i like the idea um it was it was definitely entertaining and that was uh that was what i was looking for as, as, a, as a kid you know that's, that's what i think what you're what you're looking for is just entertainment and something that stands the test of time which as i've said time and time again <laughs> has to do a lot with um how you make the movie and small soldiers did everything that i've been saying over and over again they did the layering approach they actually had um puppets made so the um the special effects and the puppets went to stan winston who had just finished making the animatronics for jurassic park 2 and uh he goes on to make all the puppets for small soldiers and he said the hardest thing was growing from the large scale of the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park 2 to the micro scale of the action figures, though it was great experience working with the tiny server, tiny servo, tiny servos, and uh, mechanics of the action figures. So they would actually use one ton of urethane and make 237 action figures with such an amazing level of detail. Uh, that went on, like I said, to the commercial action figures that were sold to the public. I mentioned that earlier. I recall them being so well made. Um, I was a huge action figure fan when I was growing up. And what made action figures fun for me was the um, the articulating action figures. That is action figures that are, are posable with moving elbows, knees, legs, arms. Uh, I mean, the best examples that I can think of are G.I. Joe's, you know, in the action figure world it's uh called points of articulation and the small soldiers are i mean the action figures are the the um 
they're designed to move like real people so this really made them feel real in the final product and you could you know you could move their arms up and you could you know they had uh you know ball joints for the hips and for the shoulders which made you uh it just made them very poseable and that uh it, it just it made them that more that much more enjoyable uh to 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 have and in and and play i'm losing my train of thought here <laughs> It, it uh, points of articulation. That was it. Action figures uh, were the best when you could pose them and really, you know, set up a stage and set up, you know, your little battle. It was it was a lot of fun. And because these uh, these action figures were designed for the movie, that's <laughs> trying to get back on track here. So because these action figures were designed in such a way for the movie to be able to move like real people this translated to the actual retail action figures that were sold as merchandise to go along with this movie and as i've been saying now in this rambling portion that that was that really went a long way uh in making an impression in my mind and you know all the long-term fans of small soldiers because you know obviously i've been doing my research and making my posts and looking online there are still a lot of fans um who appreciate small soldiers and uh the great movie that it was and how much fun it is uh as a movie to look back on and that's that's part of what i love doing this uh this show for and what i love watching movies for it's it's a lot of nostalgia and just remembering some of the good times and not some of the good times the, the good times and the, the great times of uh, of yesteryear and and just you know remembering and recapturing those those youthful moments and uh i will i would love uh to get my hands on some more uh you know chip hazard or gorgonite i'm gonna have to look on uh, ebay and uh, get some collectibles because uh yeah they were just uh they were really well done so they they actually made uh, as i was saying 237 figures uh were made for the movie and those were actual puppets that a team of 27 uh puppeteers were on set controlling the 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 puppets in the movie and they had up some times and times up to five puppeteers controlling one figure alone and i mean that's that's amazing the level of detail so that was in your like close combat action scenes um there's some really good combat scenes between uh chip hazard and archer where you know they fall to one knee and they deliver an uppercut and they you know uh, you know chip hazard takes it to the chin and then falls back and there's a counter and these close combat scenes that's where they used um the puppets that they had created uh for the movie and then these live action scenes were then handed over to industrial light and magic ilm to animate over the puppets remove uh the wires and the movement poles that the puppeteers were using and they also were in charge of animating the bigger movement scenes some of the bigger fight scenes that took place uh when they needed to add in you know like uh the elaborate helicopters or uh stuff that wasn't the practical part of it um some of the machines the machines that they had created were practical for the most part um but you know putting in the the little action figures controlling them and uh, the, the the machines that uh, they did design um so like i mentioned the the action figures uh start uh, you know actually i think i went on a complete tangent um so to backtrack the action figures the commando elite who are about a foot tall and about half a foot wide started collecting um real tools like uh like a like a axe like a little uh, grinder and <clears throat> like a little handsaw and you know like an exacto knife and they started building uh like modified a nail gun attached to the fr front of a riding lawnmower they built some sort of like helicopter contraption uh i mean the 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 commando elite were programmed to be um quite similar to real commandos in that sense so they had like you know a demolitions expert a, uh an uh you know an explosives expert a mechanic and they were able to macgyver all of these crazy um death machines and i say death machines because the design 
for the machines was actually you know it was very heavily inspired from uh, inspired inspired <laughs> uh, inspired from uh, Death Race, and uh, that was uh, that was an interesting fact from the do- the the behind the scenes documentary where they got their inspiration for uh, those machines that the, the Commando Elite use. And that, uh, I mentioned before, that final showdown, uh, you have the the people, uh, the Abernathys and the Fimples uh, have all come together to defend the Gorgonites and mostly defend themselves. Uh, the toy maker and the Marketeer, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say Marketeer from now on, that's what I'm going to use uh, as my word. Uh, the Marketeer, they show up uh, at the final moment. You know, they, you know, Alan had put in you know a complaint to global tech that these action figures are defective and they destroyed his dad's store and that kind of leads them to like you know what did you put in these action figures and uh, they realize that they've put in the uh they've realized that they've put in like military grade munition chips in in action figures and kids toys and that that maybe wasn't the best idea and it was i mentioned earlier that there was that cameo from uh robert picardo that star trek alum and uh, he gives this this little this monologue about you know having designed something that was beautiful and then the government didn't want it simply because um it would be too costly to uh, provide EMP shielding because the chips were vulnerable to EMP. So uh, he provides the these two characters, uh, David Cross and uh, Jay Moore's characters, the, the toy designer and the, the marketeer. Like I said, that's my word now. Uh, he gives them that that little crucial piece of information that if you want to destroy them, you know, you're going to need to use an EMP. So he goes, you know, they go to the Abernathy house looking for Alan to substantiate these claims. And it's probably one of the funniest scenes of the movie. Uh, the marketing guy, who's all worried about liability, he walks up and uh, he, you know, he kind of like accuses Alan of having taken these toys. You know, like how'd you get your hands on these toys before they're, you know, available at market? And kind of threatens him with like legal, you know, ramifications. You know, any any damages incurred with the, you know, using the product in an untrustworthy manner. <laughs> and it's Kevin Dunn, his dad, just like without even saying anything, just steps up. And just like punches him right in the mouth, like bam, and it's it's one of those scenes where you're like, oh yeah, you know, like like the at the 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 um the the lawyer guy is is being he's kind of being a douche and just get, you know gets uh gets popped in the mouth, and it was it was it was an enjoyable scene. I always I always found it funny, you know, dad protecting his son, like you know you don't talk to my son that way. Um, that was that was a great scene. Uh, like I said before, Kevin Dunn plays an amazing you know protective parent uh he goes on it's like i said before too just if i repeat myself a little bit here tread on retread uh it's nice uh seeing some of these actors who would go on to be uh have really big roles in some of my favorite movies or tv shows tv shows tv shows so gregory smith will go on to rookie blue Kristen dunce goes on to the spider-man series uh kevin dunn you know he's in the first three transformer movies probably one of the the only good things about transformers 3 is the parents um a lot of people didn't like the parents in transformers but uh i i really like the transformer parents they were funny uh, so um that was uh that was a good part of the movie and uh yeah it ends in this big battle they all um accumulate they all accumulate they all end up at the duns the uh, the duns <laughs> it's kevin dunn the abernathy his character is mr abernathy um they end up at the abernathy's house and they're basically being besieged uh there's a chase scene uh where where alan and and uh kristen dunst they try to escape and she has a moped and they're 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 careening around the city while they're being chased by chip hazard and uh they think that they've lost him that they they go off a big jump and this big machine uh like this death racer machine that they've you know that they've put together this contraption that they've managed to put together um it crashes and it explodes and they all go into pieces and uh, they think it's done and you see chip hazard like float down the river and his face all messed up and he has like just one red eye which looks so much like terminator it was a really nice reference a little easter egg there a little reference to terminator 
and he kind of floats down a river and when he gets up he's unfortunately right in front of a global tech distribution warehouse which has a giant chip hazard on the top uh and so he goes in and gets recruitments uh recruitments again recruitments i'm becoming mushmouth um it's just i'm losing uh i'm losing my uh my vocabulary uh, this evening. Uh, so he gets his recruitment and he comes back and now, yeah, they're being besieged. That's that's the, the climax of the movie is this great fight scene. And that's when uh, they do the psychological warfare. Probably one of the things that uh, people really remember from this movie is the ending when they turn it on. Um, it was, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, um, tell me what you want, what you really, really want. Uh, the, the, and then they play... Um, I think they play on Barbie Girl, but I think no, it's just that one song, and, and like the 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 mom, Mrs. Fimple, she's like, I love this song, and then they just get, you know, they just get whammy. They start firing, you know, flaming tennis balls, and they're using, you know, a modified nail gun, or they're throwing, um, it's all it's all kitchen stuff and like whatever they could find in these people's shed. So at one point, uh, they're using like an airsoft gun to fire corn on the cob holders which i mean that would suck the guy gets like four or five corn on the cob holders like shot into his thigh that would those things are, are quite long that would that would hurt quite a bit to get shot by that especially by a freaking little action figure and so <laughs> um and so yeah they 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 managed to fire off an emp it ends in this big climax up a utility pole and uh alan you know he tries to connect the transformers that's you know he tries to connect the transformers <laughs> this is funny um but not the not the autobot shape-shifting transformers the transformers on the top of a uh, utility pole and uh he tries to use a wrench but it gets stabbed out of his hand by a really tiny little knife um and uh it was what uh, chip hazards is holding which could basically be equivalent of like like a like if you took an exacto blade and you cracked it off at one of those little line intervals if you took that and put a hilt on it that would be the equivalent of chip hazards dagger and he stabs alan with it so he drops the wrench and i can't remember i don't remember exactly what alan says but he uh he's like oh yeah that's what you think and he grabs him by the waist and shoves him that he, he grabs chip hazard the action figure remember that we're talking about action figures here <laughs> the uh the antagonist and protagonist face off human versus action figure and Alan grabs the the chip hazard action figure and shoves him in between the the two transformers, uh, utility pole transformers, to, to mix uh, to mix up the audience here, and they explode. And uh, when you when you blow up a transformer, according to the science, like I said, according to the science of the movie, uh, according to what is uh, told to us in this tra in this Transformers movie. See, I'm confusing myself. In this small soldiers movie, is that if you did that if you blew up the transformers in this way you would cause a localized emp and that's what they do so it kills all the uh the commando elites and they think that it's going to kill the gorgonites but if you were paying attention uh they did a bit of foreshadowing and they recall uh that at the beginning of the movie phil fimple was trying to set up his oversized satellite dish which took fire and fell over and shielded the Gorgonites from the EMP and the good guys survive. No, so, uh, the Gorgonites survive and Alan brings them to Yosemite National Park, sets them free. Uh, they're going to be looking for their home. And it's, it's so disappointing because, again, that would have been the perfect setup for a spin-off, a tie-in series, an animated series. It's all about the merchandising. And I feel like they, they let the ball drop on that one. Kind of like Alakin of you know TMNT or any of the other animated series of the time. It you know, they, they send off the Gorgonites, they killed all the commando elite. So now you could just have a peaceful series about the Gorgonites, you know, traveling on their wacky adventures and they're they're in the human world and their action figures and they, they there could i mean you could have animated the whole thing it could have been 
so good. There could have been so much content uh, related to, you know, a Small Soldiers spinoff or just like a Gorgonite spinoff. It didn't even have to be called Small Soldiers at that point. I mean, technically the commandos were the soldiers, right? So they're gone. And uh, it just it just feels like they, they kind of dropped the ball there, in, uh, in my opinion. And all that can really be attributed, unfortunately, to the movie not doing as well as a lot of people had hoped. It had a $40 million budget. A lot of that went to the amazing creatures, uh, creatures, the amazing puppets that were made by the animatronic team, by Stan Winston, the and the animation, the VFX that was done by ILM. And unfortunately, the movie only made uh, $87.5 million. It, it did make a decent amount, but not enough to immediately green light a follow-up now that is also not including so the 40 million budget isn't including the ad campaign because notoriously that's not included when you look at a movie budget and the movie had a very aggressive ad campaign uh if you were a kid if you were lucky enough to be a kid in the 40 in the 40s in 1994 uh or between 1994 and 1998 the movie had a, a great commercials a great ad campaign both theatrical release and vhs release as well as the action figures the there was a game for the PlayStation the official soundtrack release there was there was so much tied in um, that I, I would I would easily put another 10 million on top of that 40 million so when you when you look when you take into account all of that ad uh, you know money that was spent and then uh, they barely break you know double their budget uh, unfortunately it was seen as uh, not the most uh, lucrative investment and uh, that's where they said that they wouldn't uh, wouldn't greenlight a sequel, and you know it's unfortunate because it could have been it could have been amazing, but uh, the movie was received also with mixed reviews. So we got a forty nine critic forty nine percent critic review, forty five percent audience tomatoes. Critics said it was appeal an appealing kids movie, but had an unoriginal story that had repeating elements, which is fair. The tone of the movie also hard to nail down like we said it was originally greenlit as a pg film and uh you know the sponsors changed that they wanted the rating to be brought down to pg which is funny because in quebec here in quebec the movie is actually rated g um which is funny because it was supposed to be pg got brought down to g uh, got brought down to pg and then here in quebec doesn't even matter rated g and i mean quebec might not be the greatest example to compare the rating of a movie to because to put it in perspective uh the amazing tv series csi uh is also rated g in quebec so it's rated g for general audiences so maybe we just have a lower standard of what uh what messed up things we can and can't show to uh general audiences and young kids so that's that's maybe not the best example to use quebec in uh <laughs> in that example uh, but uh, the movie is uh, is still really funny. Uh, it's still a great action uh, adventure movie for kids. It has uh, a great cast. It had some heart put into the direction, into the design of these really amazing puppets. And if we get more, that would be great one day. It would be nice to see a Small Soldiers follow-up. If we don't get more, then this will go on as a classic of the 90s, and it will be forever remembered as a really great uh, action movie for kids. And that'll be uh, this episode for today. That'll be Small Soldiers, the nerd review of Small Soldiers. So I hope you, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, I'm, I'm running out of steam here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you enjoyed uh, Small Soldiers. If you've seen it, if you're a fan of it, uh, drop me a line. If you haven't seen it, go check it out and uh, maybe come back and uh, leave a review. Let me know what you think of the Small Soldiers. And um, that'll be the end of today's episode. So I am the nerd here at the Nerd Review, and this has been episode 14. You can find me on Instagram at the nerd review underscore underscore podcast same thing on twitter and uh i hope you're looking forward to more episodes and that'll be it for today this is the nerd signing off